we're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you and everybody uh, watching at home. Make yourself at, at home, uh, in your own home. Be really comfortable and worship the Lord. Expect a spiritual move of God because we're looking at the Word of God. And Jesus said himself, my words are spirit and they are life. Hello to all of you. Of course, incredibly good-looking people in the room. I love the people that show up in person. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, I would have you all turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. I encourage you to do so, whether it's one of those books with pages. We started our 90-day read-through-the-gospel plan with our children this week, and it has been really exciting to hear our kids read the Bible in the house. Excellent. Some of them have actual pages they turn. Some of them are on their tablets. It's all the Word of God. We're excited for that. Genesis 11, I encourage you, uh, we, we recently talked about that in a connect group. If you want to start a reading plan, please get in touch with us. We will make that happen and we'll celebrate it with you. We're, we're in a brand new series and it's called Vision. Everyone said Vision? vision. I, I've gotten several excited texts from several of you beautiful people just Y'all were really excited. You're really pumped that we were doing a sermon series about your favorite Avenger. I'm sorry. I really don't want to disappoint you, but that's not the vision we're talking about today. I'm so sad about it. In fact, Vicki found out that's not, that's why she's not here tonight. I think we'll pray for her. All right. (laughs) But I promise you that our vision series will be even more super. I promise. We're talking about something so significant that it can guide the rest of your life. The subject of vision is so important that it can mean the difference between a successful and a fulfilling life and a floundering and unfulfilling life. That is how powerful the subject of vision is. Vision is how you're going to accomplish that thing you are called to do. Everyone say how. Vision is how. Whether you realize it or not, You have a calling. Do you know that about you? I'm telling you, it's something I know about you. God has a calling for you. You have a thing that you are meant to accomplish on the earth. Vision is what keeps you focused on your destiny and at the same time maps out your destination. Your destination and your destiny are entwined. And vision keeps you focused on where you're going, but it also gives you a map to how to get to where you're going. Vision focuses on what and how. What you're going to accomplish and how you will achieve your goal. That's what vision is all about. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be redefining the vision of Redemption Church. We will prayerfully walk through this together. However, right now, I want you to prayerfully consider your vision. Today's all about you. Look at somebody say, it's all about me. I'm so excited about it. It's all about me today. It is all about your vision. I'm talking about your vision for school, your vision for a career, your vision for a marriage, your vision for a family, your vision for a ministry, your vision for friendship and happiness, all of that. Your vision can go further than you can see. Your vision can actually reach beyond the grave. Do you understand this? The Bible is proof of that. 
We're still living in the vision of a man called Abraham that we'll talk about in a moment. But your vision, you could set out a vision today that not only affects you, it can affect your children and grandchildren and generations who never laid eyes on you. That's the power of vision today. Do you know what you're called to do? Do you know how you're going to accomplish? Before we're through tonight, we're going to spend time praying to God for his vision for our life. Do you agree with that? All right, good. I'm good. I, I'm glad. I don't need to, I shouldn't need to talk you into praying about this. This should be something that goes, yes, sign me up for that, Pastor. We're going to do it before today's over. We're reading in Genesis chapter 11 and starting with verse 27. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Verse 32, Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. What did we just read? What was that about? Sometimes that's a good question when you read your Bible. What's this about? What is going on here? We read about a fella named Tira. Tira, Tira, one of those. We do not know much about this man in Scripture. There's only a few verses about this man in Scripture. But very significantly, Tira is the father of a guy named Abram. Abram is later known as Abraham when God makes his covenant with him. Very big deal that happens in the next few chapters of Genesis. Life-altering moment that still affects us today. If I were to give the briefest synopsis of God's vision for Abraham, it might look like this. Abraham, get to Canaan. If I were going to make that just the most simple way I can. Abraham, go to a land I will show you. Go to Canaan. Simple enough, right? Now, there's a lot more to that, right? There's stuff about, I'm going to give you uh, more children than, than, the, than the sand of the seashore and the stars of the high, uh, the sky. I'm going to bless you, and whoever blesses you will be blessed, and whoever curses you will be cursed. All these things. I will give you every piece of land where you put your feet. All of these things are true. But if we were going to boil it down to its most simple way, and who likes simple? It's this. Abraham, Abram, get to Canaan. Abraham had a divine destination as his destiny. Abraham was called of God to go to a place many of us still know as the promised land. It's also known as Israel. Yeah, where he walks marks out the, the boundaries of a nation still today. That's the power of vision. This promised land is known also as the land of Canaan. So when we're hearing about Canaan, we're talking about the land of Israel still today. The promised land. The same land that Moses and the, the, and the Israelites were trying to get to while they were wandering in the desert. All of this is the same place. It's also the place where Jesus walked. It's also the place where Jesus was born, where Jesus lived. 
and where he died. It's also the place where he rose again, and it is the place where he ascended, and it is the place where he will return one of these days, and every eye will behold him, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Who's happy about that? I'm happy about it. So we got Abraham going to Canaan, but he's not the only one headed to Canaan. He's not the only one who felt a draw and a calling to go to Canaan. And we just read about it. Verse 31 of Genesis 30 of Genesis 11, 11 and 31. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. In Genesis 12, we see God call Abram. To Canaan. In fact, the next two verses, you just turn the page to chapter 12, and it, God calls Abram to Canaan. In Scripture, however, we never see God call Terah to Canaan. It's nowhere in there. I've looked. I've looked. It's not in there. There's no Scripture where God says, hey, by the way, Terah, get out of Ur and go down to Canaan. doesn't exist. It's not in there. But yet we see Terah turn his attention toward a location that is that can only be described as divine. A divine location called Canaan. A location that the entire world seems to hang on the balance of this area. Historians call it the crossroads of the world. It's the place where the cross was for the world. It is the place where the, the battle of Armageddon will, will one day happen. Everything... Seems to always go back to Israel, which is no surprise. Israel's always in the news. Quick, quick word for you. One of the number one reasons to believe in God is that there is an Israel. It's hard not to believe in the God of Israel when there is an Israel after all these years. In Genesis chapter 12, we see God call Abram. We never see God call Terah. Yet, if we were to give an equally brief vision of Terah's life, it would look much like Abram's. Terah, get to Canaan. There is this in his heartbeat. He says, everybody, pack your stuff. I'm taking you. We're going to Canaan. It's in his heart. Did it come from God? It's not in scripture. So we'll just lay that to the side for a moment. I don't have a scripture that says that God talked to Terah ever. But I find it so amazing that Terah is taking his whole family to a land a few verses later God reveals is his divine plan. I believe God had a plan to use Tira. I also believe God has a plan to use you. And I believe God has a plan to use everyone. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I'm telling you it is. Do you realize how exciting it is to be able to look anyone in the eye, absolutely anyone, and tell them truthfully, God has a plan for you. I'm telling you the person that has all their organizational skills on, on channel 10, right? They are like up high on it. And also the person that can't hardly get out of bread, bed and brush their teeth. Both people, you can look them in the eye and honestly say, God has a plan to use you. The world's strongest man and the world's mo most disabled man. God has a plan to use all of them. The, the Republican and the Democrat. God has a plan to use them both. He has a plan to use all people. He has a plan to use Baptists. He has a plan to use Methodists. 
He has a plan to use Buddhists. He has a plan to use everyone. I believe it with all my heart, and I find that exciting. That keeps me going in life. I'm always excited about the next person I'm going to meet because God has a plan for them, and me intersecting with them might be the key to them finding that vision for their life. God spoke to a young man named Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, and he said these words, Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was trying to find out if he had a purpose in this world. That's where his life was at that moment. And God declares a divine destiny. Before I formed you in the womb. Do you know that God formed you? Yeah, it's him that formed you. Before I formed you, I also knew you. It says, do you believe that God knew you before you were born? Absolutely. Before you were born, God set you apart for purpose and appointment. Do you know this? Do you believe it? Then I think life is about finding out what God has appointed us for, what God has created us for, what God has designed us for. God has a plan for you, and I think we ought to cry out to the Lord and ask him about his plan. God has a plan to save you, and God has a plan to use you. His plan to use you actually predates your salvation day. That day you were saved is not the day he said, you know what? I think I'm going to use Rick. Here's a guitar, boy. That's not it. Before he saved you, on that wonderful day where God saved you, that was not the day he decided to use you. Ephesians 2 and 10 tells us this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were saved, God already had a plan for you. So many people are like, uh, once I get my life together, I'm going to look, I'm, I'm going to see if God wants to use you, use me. No, start now. Look right now. If you're waiting to get your life together, I, I didn't, I'm still trying to get my life together. You're looking at a guy who is still trying to get his life together. Anybody like that? Anybody? Am I the only one? We're a church of people trying to get our life together, but God still has plans for us. He has prepared them in advance. We are his handy work. You have a God-given work to do. There is a godly vision for your life. Tira, back to him. Although we have no scripture that says God spoke to him, we believe that God had a divine destiny for him. And in verse 31 of Genesis 11, it appeared like he was going to fulfill a godly vision for his life. But here is how verse 31 ends. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. He's on his way where? He's going to Canaan. But when he came to Haran, they settled there. Terah had left Ur of the Chaldeans to travel to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, that's where they changed. His whole vision of his life changed at this point. His vision, I believe, at this point was not God's vision. His vision turned into this. Terah was going to Canaan, but instead went to Haran. It's like instead of Canaan, instead of God's ordained plan, that's just crossed out of the way. And now he's written his own thing there. He is going to go to Haran. It is not enough to start your journey. Y'all listen to me. It's so exciting when someone starts the journey. 
But I'm telling you, it's not enough to start the journey. You must finish your journey. He had a God moment. I believe he had a God moment where he said, I'm going to go to this destined place, this divine place. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. It's where Abraham's meant to be, but I'm going to be the one that takes him there. He has got this divine debt, but somewhere along the way, he did not finish that journey. He said, I think I'm going to stop short. I think I'm going to dwell in Haran. The Apostle Paul doesn't rejoice that he started to run the race, but he rejoices that the race is finished in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. Child of God who has been destined by God with a divine purpose, I want to ask you a question. Why would someone start out with the godly vision and not continue in that godly vision? I know people that have literally had just supernatural experiences with God where God spoke to them, where God promised them things, where God gave them abilities and opened up doors for them. And guess what? I haven't seen 100% of them actually follow in what God did for them. They can see a miracle. They can hear an angel. They can see the actual work of God right in front of them and start it, but not finish it. What's that about? Why is that? That, heart, that breaks my heart. I believe it breaks the heart of God. If we are not careful, we could be like Terah instead of Abraham. Abraham's mentioned a lot in the New Testament. Jesus talks about Abraham. The book of Hebrews says this is what faith is like. By faith, Abraham. Tira, no mention of him. Except in the genealogies. He's only mentioned it. He's the father of Abram. Redemption, if we're not careful, we could just be another religious community that started with a vision, but somehow... Drifted from our God-ordained purpose. If we're not careful, that could be us. We could decide, well, this is close enough. We'll just stop in Heron. Parents, those children are a gift from God. They are calling for you. Beware the apathy that causes you to forget your God-given role in their life. Some of you, you've been given a job that you know God gave it to you. Do not grow tired do not grow weary in well-doing. God's put you there. Don't get angry. Keep working that vision. Okay. Tira means station. That's what his name means. His name means station when you look it up in the Hebrew. As in stationary. Tira became stationary when there was a divine call in his life. You don't want to be like that. At some point, Tira felt strong enough about Canaan that he packed every person in, in his family that would go. But at some point in the journey, he began to feel different. Remind me, where did Tira stop in his journey? Haran. Very good. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Now, does anybody remember the, the name Haran showing up anywhere else in the Bible? Maybe in this very story, does anybody remember it? Anybody? Well, let's look. Verse 27, just a few verses earlier. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and? Huh. And Haran. 
See, this is one of the neat things about your Bible. You can read it and miss it all at the same time. What happens? And Haran became the father of Lot, verse 28. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. So there was a a man named Haran. His father was Terah. But Terah lost his son Haran because Haran died. Haran was the name of his son who had died. Does everybody see this? And I believe what I'm about to say to you, God's spirit is about to bear witness in your heart. Get ready, get ready, get ready. What you are about to hear is not a word from your pastor, but it is from the Lord. I want to tell you that the name of his loss, he had a lost beloved son. The name of his loss bears the same name where he lost The name of his loss bears the same name where he lost his faith. The name of his loss bears the same name where he quit. The name of his loss and the name of the city where he dwelt in for the rest of his life are one and the same. Say amen if you see it. Do you know the name of your loss? Time to get real church. Let me tell you, being a Christian is not all cupcakes, rainbows, and pizza parties. Being a Christian, you still have to deal with loss. Do you know the name of your loss? Does it come up to you? Do you know that loss by name? Is it where you're still dwelling? Is that where you're dwelling today? Are you dwelling in the heartache, in the hurt? in the confusion of your loss. Some of us today have a story that's progressing like Tira's. You listen. Some of us have a story that looks more like Tira's life than Abraham's life right now. Joe had a calling to do amazing things, but Joe went through a divorce. So rather than pressing on, Joe settled in a town called divorce. Sally had a God call on her life to help so many people. But Sally lost someone really close to her. And Sally blamed God because she was hurt and confused. And Sally settled down in a town called Hurt and Confused. And she never left. She was on her way somewhere else. But she experienced hurt and confusion. And she never left it. A young teen, Henry, was the center of church. He seemed to have the calling of a future minister, but the church was not Christ-like, and Henry saw some of the hypocrisy, saw some of the coldness, and saw some of the bigotry that sometimes is in the church. Uh, Let's get real. It's all the time in the church because people in the church are like that. We're, We're dealing with this stuff. So Henry, he becomes disillusioned, and he settled in a town by the same name. And he never left the town of disillusionment. The same Holy Spirit that called you and has used you can still call you and can still use you. The same Holy Spirit that that, that spoke to you in a true vision and plan, that same Holy Spirit still wants to talk to you today. 
I believe the Holy Spirit says this. Do not settle down in the place of your loss. Do not settle down in the place of your loss. God has called you to a divine place. And along the way you've experienced loss. But that's not where you're supposed to go. That's not where you're supposed to be. Please stay focused. As I, as I ask our worship team to come, we're not going to be much longer. But I want 100% laser focus right now. God wants to do something tonight. Either you know the vision God has for you, or you need to seek the vision that God has for you. That's who you are tonight. Everyone in this place needs to pray one of those two things. God, help me to accomplish that vision that I know you've given me. Or God, I have no clue what the vision is that you have for me. Either way, let's pray that tonight. I want to invite you to talk to God about the purpose he has for your life. God has a purpose for everyone, and that includes you. I have this final thing to say, and then I want us to come talk to God. Terah settled in Haran. And because he did, everybody that was journeying with him was going to settle there also. Seems pretty clear. Terah settled there in Haran. And because he settled there, it was likely Abram was also going to settle there. With Sarai and with Lot, Aaron's son. They were all seemed like that's where they would dwell. Because someone dwells in loss, all those that follow them end up dwelling in that same loss. There's a reason why you see divorced parents have children that have divorces. There's a reason why you see people with depression and those that are closest to them. Don't pull them out of the depression, but they dwell in the depression with them. There's a reason you see people with addiction problems and it, it, it actually passes to the next generation. There is a reason that you see people that lose their faith have children that have no faith. Someone dwells in loss. Those that travel with them dwell in loss with them. You see where I'm going? The people traveling in life with you will end up dwelling with you. Be very careful where you dwell. Be very That bitterness you're dwelling in, that unforgiveness you're dwelling in, you get out of that town right now. Do not stop short of the divine destination that God has for you. Terah died in Haran, and Abram no doubt was going to stay in that place of loss. But then God spoke to Abram. And then Abram obeyed. Here's the very next page when you flip your Bible. Genesis 12 and 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Verse 4, so Abram went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out of Haran.
He was 75 years old. Now, y'all remind me, when was this whole thing about Isaac being born? Y'all remember that? Really close to 100, right? I'm telling you, it would have been so easy for him to say, no, I'm 75 years old. Too late in life for me to go change anything. You know, this is how it's always been, you know. You love people and you lose people. That's just how it is. So I'm just going to dwell here. I'm just going to stay here. But no, the Lord spoke to him. And even though it seemed so unlikely, even though it seemed laughable, as you know later, when Sarah and Abram laughed at God's promises, it seemed so laughable. It seemed so unlikely. But at the age of 75, at an old age, he was still able to set out from Haran. I'm telling you, I don't care how long you've lived in your loss. I don't care how long you've lived in your depression. I don't care which doctor has told you you have that. And I don't care which doctor says you have whatever, whatever sickness you have in your life. I'm telling you, you don't have to stay there. You can leave there. Oh, Brother Charles, there are some that they, they go through what you did, you, what you've gone through with cancer. And they've had it recede. They've had it go away. But they have lived in the fear of it always coming back. I speak to you right now in Jesus' name. God has healed you. And it is not his will that you would live in fear of it returning. That fear is heron for you. And you have set out from heron in Jesus' name. Receive it. God is good in this place. Will you set out from your loss today, whatever it is? Will you bring all that hurt, bring all that heartache? To this altar today. Will you talk to the Lord? Will you ask him God. What is the plan you've got for me? Speak to me. And I, I'm telling you. Believe that he's going to speak to you now. I believe he's going to do it. These altars are open. For more information about redemption. Look us up online at redemption-church.com We want to hear from you. So be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Twitter. Or even our anonymous question text line. At